Welcome to Ask the Expert, a daily series from 8.30am to 9am to help small businesses. Ask any question in the comments or use the hashtag QBATE on Twitter. If you need any more advice, join the official Intuit QuickBooks SMB community group on Facebook. Accountants and businesses experts are on hand 24-7. During the live session, we'll be running a poll, so please do engage with it and I'll reveal the results at the end. My name is Jason Averton. And I'm a chef, hence why I'm dressed in a chef's jacket, ready for my work after this. Uh, I started my career at the age of 17. I moved to London um, from the north of England uh, to live in a youth hostel to work on Margaret Thatcher's YTS scheme back in the late 80s uh, and built my career from scratch. I worked extremely hard, 18-hour days, six days a week, with only one day off to be able to achieve my dreams. Um, for me, dreams are extremely important. Um, when you're a young person in any trade, I think having a dream is your currency, um, something to strive for, something to dream about, something to chase. Um, and having that long-term goal and objective is extremely important in someone's life when things around you, like COVID-19 at the moment, can sort of pull you away and drive you in a different direction. Having that one-focused dream um, is really, really important. I was very lucky to work my way through some of the best kitchens in the country. I worked for Pierre Kaufman at Le Tonclair, who then went on to win three Michelin stars. Uh, I'm very fortunate after that to go and work um, for Nicola Dennis, uh, who was probably one of the greatest restaurateurs and chefs this country's ever produced. Um, also was three Michelin star. Um, after that, uh, I went to work for Marco Pierre White. Um, again, working extremely laser-focused for probably the one of the best young, talented chefs who's ever worked in this country, um, if not the world. Um, I then went to work in France um, at uh, one of the oldest freestyle Michelin restaurants in the world, a restaurant called Le Berge de l'Ol in Alsace for Marc Cambalin. Uh, I then came home for a little while and worked with Stephen Terry, uh, one of the greatest culinary minds uh, of my generation. And he taught me about how not just to work in the kitchen, but also how to run a very busy service. When we worked at uh, a restaurant called Coast, uh, and the owner was Oliver Payton, the judge of Great British Menu, uh, and also one of our you know, great restaurateurs who had amazing vision of what a restaurant should be like, not just from a chef's point of view, because uh, we get wrapped up in the food, but also from a, from a, a restaurateur's point of view of what makes a great restaurant to be fun and exciting to be part of. And I'd never been exposed to that before. So I stayed with Stephen for a couple of years at Coast, doing up to 200 people for lunch and 350 for dinner, when previous to that, I was only focused on doing 30, 40, 50 covers uh, and making the food as incredible as possible, uh, which is not always the greatest business model. Um, so this restaurant was purely about having fun, eating great food, but also uh, being packed out. Uh, and this restaurant turning... I think back then, this was like you know, early 90s, this restaurant was doing eight, nine million a year, which was an incredible amount of money. Then I left uh, Coast, went to work uh, for Fran Adria in uh, El Bui in Spain, um, probably the most creative chef I've ever worked for. Uh, and that was a quite an incredible um, experience because I'd never worked in a team where creativity was our number one focus. It was unbelievable to work for Fran Adria. Um, after coming back from Spain, I uh, was snapped up by Gordon Ramsay um, and probably the most important part of my life um, for 12 years working alongside Gordon when Gordon had really just started to take off. 
um, Gordon became this incredible, um, not just chef, but um, everything he did, he had the minus touch. So when he opened up Royal Hospital Road, uh, this restaurant became a three Michelin star restaurant, one of the youngest chefs on the planet to do so, uh, to watch his work ethic and to watch everything around him had to be perfect. Uh, when he was doing his cookbooks, they had to become number one bestsellers. When he was doing his TV shows, they had to be the most watched TV show on, on, on TV. When he was, everything he did had to be the best. And we were involved in so many different projects. Um, I was very fortunate that I rose quite quickly through the Gordon Ramsay um, uh, Firmament. I got asked to go and live in Dubai. Um, and Gordon sent me to Dubai in 2001. Uh, uh, it was never, and I'd been to the Middle East before. Um, the number one question I asked Gordon was, can I have a beer after work there? I thought it was a dry, dry country. And he said, of course you can have a beer. Let's go for a weekend. Let's go check it out. Um, see what you think. And if you like it, then take the job. Um, so we flew out, had the most amazing weekend. Um, saw this incredible city, what was rising, this metropolis, what was rising out of the desert, like some sort of magic trick. It was quite unbelievable to see how somebody as visionary as uh, Sheikh Maktoum was building this city, what was just built for tourism and business. It was quite incredible. Spent three and a half very happy years in Dubai. Uh, met my wife um, there. We got married in Jebel Ali. Um, we, I learned to play golf there. I had so much fun. Um, and it was just, you know, really, really interesting uh, time. I, um, you know, opening a restaurant in somewhere like Dubai was interesting because when opening restaurants in London was one thing because, you know, you know the work ethic, you know the supply chain, you know uh, everybody around you who is um, there to support you. And then... And then you, uh, all of a sudden, you're in a, a foreign land where you have to work with four, four or five different nationalities. So, you know, we had everything from Filipinos to Indians to uh, Pakistanis to Indonesians seemed to be the workforce. Um, and then we had people from America, South Africa, Britain, all pushed into one uh, hotel to make this hotel work. Um, and it was quite, quite a really interesting thing. You have to learn a lot about yourself. So you know, taking deep breaths uh, when things aren't going right, um, learning how to control different um, types of temperament. People's work ethic is completely different. People, the way, what people want from their job is completely different. So it was a, uh, a really, really interesting time. I absolutely um, loved it. But after three and a half years, my time was up and, and um, Gordon asked me to come back to London to open up a restaurant called Maze. Uh, in Grosvenor Square. Um, it's where I won my first Michelin star. So after six, um, after six uh, months, I won the Michelin star at Mays. Um, people still today say it was one of the most groundbreaking restaurants uh, London has ever had. I didn't really see it that way because I was so engrossed in, in my day-to-day -day work that I just didn't see it as the most groundbreaking restaurant. But, um, you know, I, it fills me with pride when people stop me still today and tell me that. Um, very, very tricky uh, restaurant to run. Um, it was really, really uh, busy, seven days a week, uh, lunch and dinner, um, no time to turn around. It was very, very stressful, barely any days off to start with. Uh, and then, you know, um, but I always say that, you know, a little bit of hard work 
never killed anybody. And I think it's uh, extremely important to see how far you can push yourself um, physically and mentally in a job to, so when you do go alone, uh, like we did in 2011, when we left Maze, you know that no matter what happens, you can do the hours, you can do the work, you can be dedicated to that business to make it work because that I'm afraid is what it takes. Uh, and people don't, um, sometimes give enough credit to business people on how important work ethic is because if you look at anybody in the world who is um successful i can bet my bottom dollar that 90 percent of them is through hard work and no matter what anybody says they've had to put the hours in they've had to put the dedication in the hard work people look at massive companies today like apple you know he started in a garage right in san francisco somewhere uh it was a dream exactly what i spoke about before it was three young kids in a garage building a company what started nothing and then all of a sudden becomes one of the most powerful companies on the planet that wasn't by luck that was sheer hard work determination and dreams um and that's what it takes you know for your business to be successful you're going to have to make it part of your life it has to be your lifestyle your partner your wife your your husband whatever it may be has to buy into that uh and together like you have to be a team to make that business work and me and my wife are a team you know we run the business together we have our team around us um but ultimately uh we're a team and that's how we do it you know we our whole family life is built and intertwined in our company um and we know the benefits of that is uh, we, uh, you know, we get to live um, a better life than what we had before. But at the same time, it needs to be looked after. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a beautiful garden. If you don't nurture it, if you don't water it, if you don't trim it, if you don't look after it, if you don't weed it, plant new new buds, plant new life into that garden, into that business, it'll never bloom into what you want it to be. If you just plant it and go on holiday and leave it for other people to look after it, it may survive, but it's never going to be the business you want it to be. Um, it absolutely has to have you on it. So enough about me. I'm, uh, I now have the social company, which has 14 restaurants around the world. Um, we're going to start taking questions. Um, so we've got Steve from YouTube Live. Hi, Chef. Did you get an investor to start your business like many other chefs, or was it just yourself? Well, Steve... Yes, um, you know, um, the plan was to start a restaurant on our own. Um, we had um, some savings, uh, what we'd saved through different um, um, property deals. We had about half a million quid. Um, and then we found a restaurant. We did, a, we had, well, it was a bar actually. We found a bar, what we wanted to convert into a restaurant on the edge of Mayfair, um, what is now Pollen Street Social. Um, that restaurant cost 4.7 million to build, 2 million more than we wanted it to be. Um, so we had to bring on an investor. We sold 25% of the company um, for the shortfall. Um, and um, that, uh, that business partner is uh, still our business partner today uh, in some part of the company. And um, yeah, without our business angel, um, it would have been a lot tougher to get off the ground. So if you can get a business angel, um, you know, and the deal we cut was very, very simple. Um, you know, we get 25% of our company away. Um, we made sure that they got their investment back before we took our investment back. Um, and, you know, the, our business angels done very well out of our company since. And we have a great relationship and 
yeah, so that's basically how we did it. Phoebe from Instagram, uh, direct message. Hi, Jason, what are the key strategies that you are currently working on to keep your business successful and in the uncertain future? Well, Phoebe, unfortunately, no one has a magic wand. We have no idea what's around the corner. But um, one thing's for sure, um, it reverts back to what I said before, and that is um, sheer hard work, going back to the start again. Uh, and what we've done is, unfortunately, we used to have a workforce of 1,500 across the globe. We're now down to about 400. Um, we have unfortunately had to let about 900 people go. Um, we've got still got people on furlough. We're bringing them back slowly. Uh, but we are having to build the company back up for the future uh, of what that future is going to look like. The restaurants are now smaller, um, smaller brigade, uh, be able to protect the profit margin for us to be able to eventually reinvest back in our company um, in six months to a year's time to be able to then build that workforce back up. Because right now in these tough times, it's about protecting the business and not, that's not just to be selfish. What that is, is if we, if, all business people out there don't protect the business. There will be no businesses in 12 months' time to continue to reinvest, to continue to, to expand, to be able to take more people back off uh, furlough, take them back into work, to be able to rebuild again. Uh, and I believe with different governments helps from around the world to help people when they're out of work, in work, help businesses be able to pay people, not pay people, etc. I think is, is crucial to all of this. So, Lewis from Twitter direct message, what's the recipe of building a team that you're proud of? I think, you know, building a team, um, you're only as good as your weakest link. I think it's very, very important to um, inspire them. Um, you have to inspire them to have the same dream as you. So, each one of our restaurants have, have a different dream. Um, so, you know, if you look at Polistry Social was a perfect example. Um, it's to be one of the best restaurants in the world. That's our dream. Um, if we get there, you know, fantastic. Uh, if we don't, then we'll, you know, we'll die trying. Um, and I have to have people around me who share that same dream. So Stefan, the executive sommelier, he wants to be one of the best sommeliers in the world. George, who's our restaurant director, wants to be one of the, the, the best restaurant directors in the world. Our, our chefs, Dale um, Bainbridge, um, you know, um, eventually will um, go on and be hopefully also one of the best chefs in the world. That's, that's, you have to inspire these people to be, to live the same dream as you. If you don't, then you'll just become frustrated. So I suppose, you know, and then you look at Burns Tavern, which is a more of a brasserie, uh, which is an incredible brasserie. We want that to be uh, an iconic London restaurant. So again, it's getting people to live the dream of that becoming bigger than us as individuals. So Burns Tavern has to become famous as a restaurant on its own. And it's our job to make sure it does that. Uh, right. Steve from YouTube Live. Chef, is your restaurant in Cebu still open? Yes, Steve, it is still open. Um, it's still on lockdown um, in Cebu, in the Philippines. It's coming out of lockdown very soon and we're going to partially start to reopen. Um, it's been one of our little gems in our restaurant uh, business. You know, when my wife um, convinced me to open up out there, I was very shocked and surprised how successful that restaurant became. Um, it's a beautiful design. It's a cool concept. Um, and we turned it on its head when I, what was interesting about that restaurant was so many people out there were saying, oh, if you want to get good food, you've got to import it in. But my dream was to try and use local product, sell it at a price where, uh, people could afford to eat there on a regular basis rather than be a special occasion. 
and um, create this cool little, you know, Filipino tapas joint using local ingredients, but in a European way. Um, so it's like something you get in Soho. I just thought it'd be really cool. And we did it and it worked. And it's now in the top 20, 30 restaurants in, in the Philippines, uh, according to Tatler, which is sort of like the number one uh, restaurant review out there. And it, it, long may it continue. Hassim from Twitter, direct message. Good morning. How do you go about planning and building a menu for a restaurant, especially a new one? Well, no matter where you are in the world, Hassan, it's really important to follow the seasons. Um, and that can be, you know, rainy seasons in somewhere like Cebu and, and dry seasons. It can be um, in the UK where it's four seasons. Um, like now, right now, we're heavily game. Uh, we have a lot of game on the menu. We have a lot of winter fish like Dover sole and so forth, um, sea bass. Um, and then, you know, all the cabbages are on at the moment. In the summer, it will be strawberries and light lettuces and, and, and consommes and chilled soups and stuff like that. So for me, it, you let the product dictate your menu. That's really important because whatever is fresh is best. Um, and uh, yeah, and that's pretty much how we do it. And then what I try to do is, is I'll build a plate I'll put two or three elements on a plate and then I'll look at it, I'll taste it, make sure it's got the right amount of um, sweetness, saltiness, bitterness, um, texture, it's very important. And then once I've eaten it and I'm happy with the dish, I'll try and take something away. As crazy as that sounds, so I'll put it all on there. I want my food to be super simple, beautiful to the eye and, and as little on the plate as possible, but to still achieve the depth of flavor and the texture what I want. So that's how I go about it. So. Jasmine from Facebook Messenger, I was planning to start a restro bar business when the pandemic hit. Do you think it will be a viable business option once the pandemic is gone? Should I look at other businesses instead? Well, Jasmine, let me tell you this. If you're in our industry just to make money, um, it's extremely difficult. Um, it's, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not trying to put you off, but you've got to, if you really want to, there's two things, right? You can be a chef where you're super passionate about the food, you're super passionate about pushing the food and all that type of stuff. Or you can be, you know, the front of the house more where hospitality is in your blood. Or you might be lucky enough like me where you you, you feel both, right? Um, but I get excited by giving people hospitality. So be able to cook beautiful food. It doesn't matter if I'm cooking it for my one-year-old daughter. Uh, and, you know, recently she's just got into you know, uh, beautiful pureed um, cauliflower cheese and she goes crazy for it. Our, our eyes light up, right? Um, this is a form of hospitality because you're teaching somebody how to appreciate food. Um, so if you're going to open up a business um, purely for profit and you've, got in, and you've got money to invest, then potentially right now it's a very tricky business. But if your passion is hospitality, then go for it because it will give you so much joy when it does become successful, that it's a beautiful way of life, you know, uh, and you've just got to dig deep, keep your margins tight, watch every single penny, what's going out of your accounts and what's coming in. And it's a simple mathematic game. You know, you, you look at what your business plan tells you, 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 you think your customer base is going to be, how much money you're going to take from them, what your rent is, your rates is, et cetera, et cetera. And once you've done your mathematics, if you think you can make a profit, then go for it. Why not? Right. Who knows what's going to happen? Jeff from Instagram direct message. Did you pick any tricks or learnings early in life and your career, which have been with you throughout your career? Um, yes, Jeff, actually I did. You know, I um, certainly learned how to work hard. Um, number one, um, and that will stay with me to the day I die. Um, number two, 
um, was to take my job seriously um, and not just um, turn it on and off. Um, it's constantly got to be with you. And then number three, I thought, I think I, I learned how to, you know, one of the things what um, uh, Gordon said was, you know, I can teach anybody to be a head chef, but I can't teach everybody to be a real chef. And I think what he meant by that was um, when you put food on a plate, presentation and what it looks like and what it eats like, and where you place it on the plate is super important. That was something I learned along the way from working for some of the great chefs in the world. Um, and it's still my strength today. Um, I can look at a plate of food completely different to other people and present it. And then people say to me, oh, my goodness, it's the same thing. But how do you make it look like that? And I just think it's one of the tricks I learned along the way. So and I spent a lot of time uh, practicing that. Uh, Mariam from Twitter, direct message. Uh, hey, Jason, for someone like you, who has business across the globe? How do you manage to keep your staff motivated in current scenario? Well, Mariam, I say thank goodness for Zoom. Actually, once all this is done, if I never do a Zoom call ever again, then I'll be a happy man. But right now, Zoom's my best friend. I do Zoom calls all over the world. Um, I think it's really important that we um, have meetings with the guys in Dubai. We have meetings with the guys in Shanghai, uh, Cebu, um, New York, and so forth. And we talk... What's really important is we talk about the future. We don't talk about what's going on right now. Of course, we have to glaze over it, but we talk about the future. It's really important to get people excited about what the future will hold, because if you don't, um, negativity can creep in, the darkness can creep in, and right now, um, mental health is as worse as it's ever been. Uh, and I think it's um, you know it's really important that it's my job as, as the the leader of the company to to keep everybody laser focused on what the future can hold because it's really really tricky right now. But I think it's really really important. So I've got one here, Ian from Instagram, direct message. I loved the Chef's Brigade on BBC. How is working on television different from the restaurant business? It's it's really night and day, really. And I mean, you know, TV looks very exciting because you guys see the finished product. There's a lot of waiting around, a lot of drinking tea, uh, a lot of eating bad snacks uh, and waiting for your turn to pop up and do your magic. Um, but it, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it's you can't buy that publicity for your business. I mean, you know, I, I, I did Saturday Kitchen on Saturday and you see the spike in the bookings go through. Uh, and it's, it's really, really important. I think it's a... I think it's important not to get carried away with it. I mean, too many people have lost their careers because of it, because they all of a sudden get excited by TV and want to be the next big TV star. And I have always said that TV will choose you. You don't choose TV because as a chef, the power is in your hands to be successful because the more you train, the more you work hard, the more you concentrate on your business, the more successful you become. Uh, whereas TV, you're relying on a TV producer, an executive director, the head of BBC, the head of Netflix, saying that I want this guy to do a TV show for me. And it might work, it might not work. Um, and then the next guy comes along and you're forgotten about. That's just how it is. So yeah, I take it with a pinch of salt. I enjoy doing it. I only do certain things like Chef's Brigade, Saturday Kitchen, stuff what shows me as a real chef not as a dancing clown on TV. Uh, that's not what I want to become. Um, I'm a real chef. I always will be. Uh, I'm crazy about food. Um, so, yeah, it's completely different. Um, Carmen from Facebook Messenger. Morning, Jason. How was it like working for Gordon Ramsay? It was tough. I mean, you know, he's one of the biggest uh, star chefs on the planet, um, a master of everything he 
sees. You know, he's the best TV chef in the world, in my opinion. He's also one of the best chefs in the world, in my opinion. And I think it's, um, you know, incredible to see how a humble guy from a council estate in Scotland has gone on to be probably the richest chef on the planet. Uh, not that we should measure success by money, but I think, um, you know, partly um, his empire is successful across the world. His, you know, his life uh, has taken on a whole new celebrity uh, meaning. And uh, I'm glad to have been part of that success story and, and, and to have learned from, from him. So, yeah, it was really, really interesting working for him. Um, what we've got here, Leonard from Twitter, direct message. Hi, Chef. How do you focus on the food preparation and customer experience as well as profit margins? Well, Leonard, I'm very lucky to have a wife who's an accountant um, and she keeps the key to the account locked. So when I want to buy new plates, I have to ask permission. When I want to buy new uh, beautiful cutlery, I have to ask permission. Uh, and then we, I mean, yeah, but all, all, all joking on a real sense, we're a team. Um, we have to protect profit margins because without profit, we don't have a business, right? Um, and so we work extremely hard with Mo, our financial director, and Ira, my wife, um, to make sure that each restaurant uh, makes profit uh, in whatever um, shape or form that might be. Uh, and that's, that's it's part of the job, right? I always say to my chefs, you know, I know this is a restaurant. Uh, we call it a restaurant. But ultimately, take a restaurant away. What is it? It's a business, right? So it's important that it it behaves like a business and a business has to make profit. Otherwise it's not a business anymore. And then it's not a restaurant. So I make sure that every single one of my chef chefs and managers behave like business people and understand that whatever they're doing, that they absolutely protect that margin. So Isabella from Instagram direct message. Good morning. What's your favorite restaurant? One, one that you own. Well, Isabella, that has to be Poland street social. Uh, they're all very close to my heart, but Pollen Street was where me and my wife risked our whole future life. And it's where I cook most days. I'm going there straight after this. And yeah, I think that's really, you know, it's really important, you know. Uh, Wayne from Facebook Messenger, are all your restaurants back in operation? How are you managing with a reduced team? Well, Wayne, um, we are, uh, it's tough, you know, because we've had to let people go who are close to me, who are friends. Um, but we no longer have work for them. Uh, we have to make sure that we are absolutely laser focused on protecting the business. We, we will automatically bring them back the minute business recovers. We're, reducing, we're working on reduced capacity. Uh, the 10 p.m. curfew is not helping. Um, but you know, ultimately, we've also got to um, you know, get through COVID-19 safely. So, yeah, it's very tough at the moment. So, right, the poll results are in. We asked you, are you ready for this? Is your business on the path to recovery after the impact of the initial lockdown? 43% of you said yes, and 57% of you said no. So, yes, I mean, you know, if it's, if it's you know, it's tough out there, right? I mean, you know, for everybody, if there's a bit of advice I can give you, uh, I mean, that poll says it all, right? 57% of you said no. And... You know that's heartbreaking to 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 read because um, a lot of businesses out there are um, don't deserve to be in this position because they were viable businesses pre-COVID. Um, you know what bit of advice I can give you is just please stay focused, um, concentrate, um, look after your business. Don't become disheartened. 
Um, this will, will be over at some point. I don't know when because I don't know that information, but we will get through this. And together as business people, always remember why you went into business in the first place. And that was so you could realize your dreams and dreams must exist, right? You have to have a dream. Uh, and that dream has to stay at the forefront of your mind. And if it, if it doesn't work for this, for this time around, for whatever reason, you have to start again. And then you go full throttle. And good times will always come again for the people who put the hard work and dedication in. And then you have to believe in yourself and believe in your results because if they work once, they'll work again. And for the people who your business is back on track and it is working, the 43% of you, please be kind to the people who aren't having it so 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 easy. Please be humble. Um, please respect the uh, scenario we're in and, and, and yeah, and, and be, be kind. Right, so if you have any questions and please get in touch with QuickBooks support team and if you want to get in contact with me, send a direct message on Instagram at underscore Jason Averton. Coming up on Ask the Expert tomorrow is Arona, who is the managing director of Majors Accounts. Arona is an expert on financial digitalization strategy and has turned an established traditional practice into a digital one, utilizing technology to bring the accountant-client relationship much closer. Don't miss her show tomorrow. A reminder that if you need any more advice, join the official Intuit QuickBooks SMB community group on Facebook. Accountants and businesses experts are on hand 24-7. It's been great answering your questions today, and I hope you have a great day.